Hello, I'm Robin Johnson. Welcome to Curious and Curiouser, a great mystery podcast series exploring ways to help us transform our personal lives and the world we live in. Aurelio Hammer is a musician, ethnomusicologist, and sound designer. For the past 30 years, he has been living in the Indian township Oroville, an intentional community devoted to an experiment in human unity. In 2003, he launched Sfarum with its three main areas of instrument making, sound experiences, and rural youth development programs. The Sound Garden at Svarum is an open space where one can experience through sound and touch some of the many wonderful instruments they make, including the singing stones. Aurelio shares with us his rich journey with sound and the gifts that come from deep listening. Welcome, Aurelio. Very happy to be with you, Robin. A gift to be in the presence of the great mystery. Ah, thank you. Would you say that there is music to the universe? Yeah, on, yeah, that question is almost simultaneously like, is there life in the universe? Mm-hmm. Wherever there's life, wherever there's movement, there is rhythm, there is cyclicity, there is vibration, there is resonance to that vibration, and the music is there. As Pythagoras was hearing in the movement of the stars, there's music. And then he stood in front of this mystery of this probably transcendental experience he had. And it was the emergence of the mental intellectuality, the brain hemisphere started to work basically. And he wanted to put, give rational explanations to this mystic experience. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, I think that's where I'm constantly on this edge basically in this journey through listening of experiencing deeply in deep perceptions and then also being able to explain it what's happening what's the mechanism Mm -hmm. we know so much of neurology endocrinology the hormones how with the how the organism works and reacts in response to the world tell us about your personal journey and how it influenced your relationship with sound well, that's always a question where a personal journey is starting, actually, no? <laughs> we, say, we say that the listening starts in the, in the womb. So I'm actually, in my work, we're exploring with lots of people, what did we listen to that when we were in that space? Can we recall this liquid state of uh, the beginning of our earthly existence and the growing into the embodiment? What did we listen to? So I'm basically, when you say personal story, I start with the listening environment where I was born, where I arrived in this, how to say, amazing play of the, the dance of creation and duality, no? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, uh, it was with nature. I grew up in nature with, you know, the crickets, the frogs, uh, humid, humid bad in Europe listening uh, an environment and I'm inviting everybody who is listening at this moment. What was the space where we, uh, how does it, our first listening? Could we remember what was, were the first auditory impressions on our being? Can we say, do we remember something from our two, three, four years 
old being, no? Mm -hmm. So we grow into it and we are conditioned by this listening environment. If I grew up in an urban environment with the sirens and the trains and all of that, or if I grow up in the mountains in a very isolated valley and I hear the wolves in the, in, in the distance and stuff, no? It influences us. So I, I can say maybe that was, that was my journey through life, going through listening, exploring the planet. And I had, I wanted to study uh, ethno music ethnology in Vienna University, but then I said, no, I need to listen directly to those people. And the South Pacific called me, and the, the Maoris, the Aborigines, I had this strong contact with Aborigines in childhood. I always felt like, oh, those are the most interesting people on the planet. I had some photos in, in my room and stuff, no? So there was this urge, I think, returning to the uh, to a deeper perception of, of the earth, of our earth life here. And the attraction was nature, because that was my cradle in one way. But then, of course, we know on the planet there's so many different things going on. You know, then we come, I remember I had been maybe seven months in the jungles of Southeast Asia, in Papua New Guinea and in the Sulawesi Islands. And then I came into Singapore after seven months of being just like in the forest, you know, and this amazing shift of perception and, and then seeing how human civilization lives in those different, uh, how to say, environments simultaneously, you know, and how it affects our inner perception and our capacity to respond uh, mm -hmm. and to explore the meaning of it all. So it brought me, how to say, that journey was around the planet for years in different cultures and uh, unexpectedly brought me later on after a big retreat, a seven-year retreat in the Alps, in the Austrian Alps, brought me back into India, you know, that calling of India, because that's a place where one of the secrets of listening is, the secret of Om, Nada Yoga, and those things were calling then, uh, so since 30 years I'm here in South India. How do you feel that sound influences our emotional and physical beings? Yeah, that's a very good discernment because basically, how to say, we're listening in the acoustics is how does the body, the material structure react to sound vibration? Mm -hmm. How does the life energetic vital instinctive, emotional part of the being react to sound. And what does it do to our mental thinking, trying to understand comprehension? What does it do to our inspiration? Yeah? And what is the part of the listening where we are completely basically forgetting all of it? Touching even into a transcendental uh, domain of it. And listening in the, in the ancient traditions was always it was the secret sense, it was the most subtle sense, it was the intricate, the portal into deep perception mm -hmm. of the becoming of being, no? the self experiencing that flow of creation. With your, like your sound garden and the work you do, do you, uh, have you experienced people having like, emotional shifts from listening or actually even physical healing from an illness with the sound? Does it uh, somehow balance? 
I think you said the right word is actually balance. Now, uh, how, how to say the way, as I mentioned at the beginning, how we grow up in this fluid environment, how this organism, the fetus, is growing, the embryo, you know, how it's sh shaping. So we live in this, how to say, we continue to live in this fluid environment of life vibrations and our emotions as, uh, how to say, one frequency bandwidth of it. Mm -hmm. All the different emotions and you know, powerful emotions. And sound, of course, and vibrations is one of the most powerful ways through the vagus system, through the enteric nervous system, to basically influence our emotions. No? Mm -hmm. And so not only are there many ancient stories how that happened and miraculous shifts and people who were very angry got calmed through a lively tune, a calming tune, or people who were very depressed got uh, enthusiastic. We know so many ama amazing cases of that. No? Mm -hmm. And in our work, uh, for instance, I'm giving in an, uh, one and a half hours, I have an, every Wednesday we do a sound journey mm -hmm. with about 60 to 100 people lying, relaxing in Nidra Yoga. Mm -hmm. And we play sound, music, scape, paint with sound, different landscapes. And people have such deep experiences. Mm -hmm. So we're actually doing even some scientific studies with University of Amsterdam. We had a student here. We developed a questionnaire for qualitative research. And because it's so astounding, actually, to, to respond to your question, how strong the reactions of sound and music can be. Yes. And, um, and I know there's work being done also for physical healing. Um, mm. There's a, a cardiologist at the University of Bologna that's working with sound and healing cancer, for instance. Yeah. Because it changes something in the way the cells work. Mm. Like it really can go deeply on a cellular level. What you said actually in, uh, then uh, we usually say we cannot heal anybody, we can only stimulate self-healing. Exactly. And as, as I wanted to express before, the homeostatic I prefer actually to speak about the homeodynamic balance, mm -hmm. which is constantly shifting in balance like the yin-yang symbol yeah, in one mm -hmm. And that can be, how to say, music is only helping and supporting the process of coming into that balanced state. Yeah. Yes. And so, so that means it goes in two directions. We, in, in Tibetan medicine, we would speak about the lunar and the solar way. There is kind of like a detoxifying, releasing, uh, opening uh, path of it. And the other one is a gathering of energy, a stimulating, a tonifying mm -hmm. part of it. And so that's the main polarity of it. And you, we know maybe one of the most beautiful expression of that, how music is actually really contributing towards uh, healing. Novartis, the romantic poet, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, from Germany, he said that every disease is actually a problem of um, discord, a problem of harmony. Mm -hmm. And we can identify the discord and bring that discord, harmonize it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And that resolves, that brings the flow of energy again into things and the body into this natural homeostatic balance, out of which one can even. Uh, um, deal with Hayward going cell growth of cancer and stuff. Mm -hmm. The body, the organism is a self-regulating system and we want to bring it into this midline, into that golden middle path that it can actually take care of itself. 
which every healthy biological system can do. So when it's really off balance, we basically stimulate it, work on that way so that it can come into that mid space. I think it's very exciting, <laughs> all these uh, wonderful ways. So I uh, watched one of your videos from Sfarum on the singing stones. Um, and I'm wondering, how did you, uh, how did you know that granite could yield such a resonant sound? Yeah. But with the granite sound, basically with the sound of the stone again, you know what the beautiful thing is, with this listening and sound work, we, uh, you're touching actually in one of the most ancient secrets and in one of the most futuristic parts of our work. Because that sound of the stones was described in 5,000 year old Chinese scriptures that when humanity came into this desperate sit uh, situation of petrifying itself, there would be this heavenly stone player come down and lay on those stones. These, in fact, are stones here in front of me. Yeah? But we tuned them, uh, how to say, very correctly, and we work with resonators. So one wouldn't even expect stone, no? Here, going to metal. So it, there's this ancient story that the, when we manage, when we realize that matter, in matter, there's a hidden vibration and we tease it out, even in this body, everything is vibration and we learn working with it, then actually we, we can retouch a Satya Yuga, a golden age. So I heard that story from a German famous professor who wrote it in the 50s. He was a music ethnologist and I was inspired by that by that quest basically and for took me 25 years till coincidentally I came across those stones little phones mm -hmm. and at one point then I was at a conference in University Salzburg mm -hmm. and was supposed to meet a professor who worked with friction stone yeah where you like a wine glass mm -hmm. and so long story, I cannot go into it. This would be a separate seminar itself, the, the, the sound of stones. Yeah? And so we basically got together. We are in collaboration with him. And it's one of the newest phenomena on the planet acoustically. Okay. That matter and stone through friction. I don't have one here now. Yeah, but you see it in the films. We have this beautiful film on sonic stones yes. on our website. Uh, and it, it's amazing because when you play it, you get in touch with the strong frequencies like you, the instrument, you become part of the instrument and it works very strong on the system. It brings very strong vibrations into the chest into, and in meditation one can bring it into all cells of the body. And this we get now from, we are learning to contact material nature from it in its deepest vibrational quality. I, I was really so touched by that. It was just amazing. I remember seeing them in the sound garden when I was there, mm -hmm. uh, which itself is like, um, what a way to get into ecstatic states. 
just with all those instruments and touching them this way and that and uh, all around it's really it's really fabulous and um i'm wondering so i'm i'm sensing then that it was your relationship with the sounds of nature that inspired you to become an instrument maker mm. yes in one way that was how to say i had I learned my first instrument was a clay flute in Ocarina, which I had learned to make from a Japanese monk in Sydney, Australia, after having returned from the South Seas there. And I, I felt after coming and having been with indigenous people, I felt like I have to make my own music from nature. It's so simple because the rivers, the sound, the Native Americans, you know, the medicine men, I had a teacher listening to the wind was crucial. We got all the melodies and the rhythms from the wind. And then with Pia Vilayat Khan, we had to listen every day to the river and in the Swiss mountains for two hours. That was practices and listening to the, what you said, the sound and inherent music of the universe. No? Mm -hmm. And the gift maybe, as you say, that I think music is, is really the bridge or a means of the great mystery in one way also, because it's there for bringing us together, for celebrating, it's there for supporting us when we need energy, physically energy, emotional energy, no? It's there actually for medicine in that way. Mm -hmm. And in the education of our young ones, it teaches them about the mystery because music comes and goes, it disappears, it links to the unseen. Mm -hmm. That way, I'm also happy that you're still focusing in your tradition on, on podcast, because mm -hmm. how we are so visual, we are such a visual culture, no? we need to see, we want to evaluate, we need to discern, but in listening, we actually enter a deeper space, we actually listen from here, from the heart, or maybe from all the pores of the being, no? and that brings us in a complete different relatedness and relationship with, cre with creation and with community and issues and... Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and speaking of uh, community, I was, um, I, I, I discovered that SVARM is one of the first 100 selected projects rec recognized uh, in the United Nations compendium, Music is a Global Resource. And I know from what I've read about SVARM, that you actively engage the community. So not only do you create healing instruments that can create healing frequencies or frequencies that can balance us, but also by bringing in the young people and the outreach program. So I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about Savaram, your, the vision of it and how hmm. it's evolved. You know, in, I think in a uh, developmental context of, of planetary emerging human civilization, we speak about co-evolution. Mm -hmm. Evolution is happening, we're all progressing, and maybe we're on different stages of this evolution, so cycles of it. In Manhattan, there are different issues than down in the Canarian or Mallorcan Islands and Creek Islands, or in the middle of African jungles. Yeah, mm -hmm. But it's all happening simultaneously. So co-evolution, Auroville, the city of the future, the city of dawn, the preparation, the cradle of the Superman, whatever mm -hmm. it is called, or we would like to have it, <laughs> be, or we consecrate our work into that. 
uh, is embedded in one of the most ancient living cultures of the planet, the Dravidian South Indian Tamil culture, of which we have records even to speak about the sunken land down south, so that might go even into what Gondwana land, or they have names for it, Kumarikandam. No? We're working presently on a little film on, on, on a beautiful legend of that story. So here were my global studies, consciousness and sonic studies, and, and here were those indigenous people not surviving. I created a cultural center, there were all these unemployed people. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is that those folk bring the, the skills of the hands, they bring the knowledge of hands because it was an agrarian craft, very meticulously 2,000 years old high civilization building all those huge pyramidal temples in, in Tamil Nadu. Mm -hmm. no? So there's this inherent talent in the, in, the, in the people's hands. Now it's disappearing, you know, with the, with the flat uh, screens and phones and all of that. But it's, it's there. And so Swaram basically emerged of supporting those cultures. And, and Auroville is this utopian place where we're experimenting. And we're experimenting in co-evolution. What does it mean if we all have to work together on the planet for sharing the resources, water and food and climate movement shifts in the future, you know, migrations possible on the planet? What is the core, at the core of surviving together, of managing together, so that we can care for our babies and our young ones and bring them up always in a better, improved situation? That's evolution. And Swaram is in this midfield. I feel super fortunate that my studies could meet that uh, earth magnetic, talented skills and create all our instruments. And quite some of us, we are pioneering my researches into the tunings, the, the music systems of uh, humanity since its beginnings. What were the shamanistic African Siberian scales? How do they sing those shamans? What is Greek culture, Byzantinian, Chinese culture, Indian culture? How does it relate to our culture, to the 12 tone chromatic temperate scale what was original in them? And when we want to heal and balance, which system should we use? So there's this huge research and co-creative energy going. And a third factor it would place in is we have beautiful young volunteers. You know, there's this volunteer movement around the planet and they are those pilgrims of the new. They all have a sense, those indigo children, there's something new happening on the planet. And Arvill is one of those hubs where they can explore and experiment and find and work with kind of like obsessed people like from my generation who are <laughs> since 30, 40 years in our research, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a very fertile meeting ground and that's, we're creating through it sound community. Mm -hmm. We're creating a community of, of listeners possibly and now with Swaram's work we're even reaching out internationally and I feel so honored of being with you actually into, yes, the great mysteries once again unfolding. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm wondering if you would honor us with a moment of sound. Yes. So we have heard, on, I'll happily do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that we can also go into a deeper sharing of our presencing together. Uh, so I have the stones here and the metal and even a small lyre, if it comes mm -hmm. to it. And 
the musical material of it, I'm saying it is one of the most ancient scales in all the Native American flutes are tuned to it. The Tibetan folk music is in it. So we realized through this music material, hey, there were those ancient connections, no? Yes. And, and it's our water scale. And we have the system of healing scales, of, of the raga scales. This is the water scales and it's for healing. It's for this rebalancing. It's a bit of a minor mood. So we go a little bit into it just for a minute mm -hmm. yeah, and chant what is there which wants to come in flow in us, which, which needs this soothing uh, streams of healing mm -hmm. waters. Mm -hmm. Circle, are we making in a full circle in such a seed? You know, this was a nut, little nutshell which we were traveling on this ocean of sound. <laughs> <laughs> it transports one to other dimensions mm. or feels that way. And in, you know, in those dimensions, basically, how to say we, the present and the, uh, the future and the past is meeting and all those people who sang and in, evoked in those scales and who mm -hmm. went those tunings, we can reconnect. And the beautiful thing is we work with one of our primal matrix of harmony, a scale, which you find kind of like in, in 40, 50 indigenous tribes all around the planet. We know our music. You know? Mm -hmm. we, we, we are part of that. And music is bringing us into this human community. It has the potential of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it goes way beyond language. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rhythm unites, no? Mm -hmm. We are also exploring one part of our research is, for instance, this universal language. Mm -hmm. What is this language which can express emotions? You know, when I sing, how to say, I, don't, I, I say something, but I don't speak any language. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yeah, just the sound of the voice. Yeah. Which is our, our personal instrument also. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A unique a unique note, a unique vibration. How can, how can we bring that into this grand orchestra? Which includes dissonances and weird classes of sounds, all of that. It doesn't have to be a pinky pinky, no? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, the whole the unity is only we find unity in the fullest expression of diversity. Beautiful. 
It's lovely sharing this time with you. Yeah. Yeah. Robin from the branches of the trees now, yeah. playing her song. <laughs> to, and, uh, flying off again, flying off again. <laughs> Beautiful to feel that, that touch. You've been listening to Aurelio Hammer on Curiouser and Curiouser with Robin Johnson. To get in touch with Aurelio, visit the Savaram website at svaram.org. And you can get in touch with me by visiting greatmystery.org. See you next time.